Blog Talk Radio. Still got a minute or two, or the clock's wrong, actually. I think the clock's wrong, yep. Clock's wrong, so we just don't go ahead and start. You know what Let's stand together. Let's get the songbook out. Let's stand together this morning. Hey, this is the day the Lord hath made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. 64, let's turn there and sing this morning. Lead me to Calvary, verse uh, number 64. All right, ready? King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn crown, crown. To Calvary, lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thy agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Show me the tomb where thou wast laid, tenderly more than Good to see so many of you. 
this morning. Amen. And I, and I praise God for you. Amen. Hallelujah. A couple of announcements. Um, next Sunday, I will not be here. I'll be, I will be preaching a revival meeting at Delhi Baptist Church in Rosanke, Texas, and Brother Lucas Fields will be here next Sunday. He'll be filling in for me and preaching. And I believe got it's been worked out this morning that next Sunday, pending Lucas saying, okay, I'm all right with that, uh, next Sunday I think the arrangements are that it will be Sunday school, Sunday morning service, and then a fellowship meal and no evening service. Because Lucas got a long drive back and got kids got to be in school next morning, so done for that reason. So next week can be like a like a last Sunday of the month. So plan accordingly, come bring dessert and a dish, and, and y'all enjoy all that without me. But I have food where I'm at, so I'll survive. So they're gonna feed us Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday, so we should be fine. I think I'll survive, but I'll miss y'all. I'll miss being here with y'all. Amen. And uh, and looking looking forward to uh, looking forward to God moving down there. Please be in prayer for me. More than I want, I just want to tell you. I, it, listen, I I don't have to preach revivals. I don't I don't preach I don't go preach revivals because I because I think that I'm something. I don't go preach revivals so they'll give me a love offering. I'm going because I want people to be saved. I want people that are that are that are gotten dead and cold in their heart to get revival. I wish to God we'd all get revival here. Uh, so you pray for me. I need prayer. I need unction. I need, and that means God's power, God's hand on me, God's touch. I can't do a thing. I never, I never have been able to do a thing. It's all God. If I do anything, it's God working through me, not me. So I'm begging you, as my church, please pray for me and lift up your pastor in prayer. Always, every time I step inside a pulpit, please pray for me. I need you. Amen. Um, Pray for the people down there. Pray for Dr. David Shepard, who will be preaching after me each night. And uh, and pray for the Poole family that will be singing. Pray for us safety down there and back. We're going to be we're going to be leaving leaving there. Lord willing, if the Lord don't come, we're going to be leaving there Sunday afternoon. No, Monday morning rather, and driving down to the coast of Texas. And we're going to be on vacation for a couple of uh, days down there, so we won't be back until we'll be coming back on the following Friday, and then there'll be a wedding here the next Saturday. Uh, Brianna and Aubrey will be getting married here uh, on the 23rd of September, so be in prayer about all that, and uh, I'll be back, if Lord willing, and we'll we'll get right into a wedding, so we got a lot of things coming up, all right? Is there any prayer requests this morning? Anybody? Okay, yes, lift Charlotte up in prayer and ask God to give her healing and get her back here with us. We miss her not being here with us. Anybody else this morning? Yes, fine. Unspoken. Anybody else? Praise God. That's wonderful. Anybody else? We can't do nothing until we pray about it. Yes, Mary. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Okay, unspoken. All right, I've probably got a number of them unspoken. Pray for our country. Pray for our world. Pray for pray for pray for God's people. I'll tell you who we need to pray for. We need to pray for those who are still being faithful to to preach and to minister the word of God in this day we're living in. They, because there's a lot of people falling by the wayside. 
There's a lot of people getting discouraged and giving up. We need to be faithful till he comes. Amen. All right. Anything else before we go to the Lord in prayer this morning? Well, let's go to him and ask him. Robert, let's go. Amen. You can be seated. Gave his life. So anyway, praise God, it was a red wash. 
this ain't my message for today. I'm telling you, I'm just, I just got this on my heart. I got to get it off. We, we're at the, we, 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 we I'm, I'm getting tongue tied. We have gone way past the point of no return. This world has plans for you, and they're not good. There are people who have plans to make you a prisoner, and and all of us, not just you, all of us, prisoners, and and they want to control us, and that's the plan, and that's 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 the new world order, that's the antichrist world that's coming, and they have plans to lock down the entire world and keep track of every single person, every move, everything that they ever do, and we'll talk about that tonight, but that that's that's not what I'm worried about because I'm not going to be here for that, amen. But these things are happening up until that. Uh, these things are, are, are readying themselves. Uh, you know, First uh, Thessalonians two seven says, "For the mystery of iniquity doth already work." It's happening. Things are lining up, and uh, and and they're more lined up now than they ever have been. Now, like I said, I say that tonight to encourage you. Come back tonight and hear the message tonight that you need to hear, and also to encourage these that are listening this morning. I'm going to go ahead and film tonight's as well on on Facebook so they can watch it as well. First Corinthians fifteen one through eleven. I'm going to try to. And that so we can get into this message so we'll get done this morning. Uh, 1 through 11, 1 chapter 15. Uh, I won't read all that, but I, I, I'll just go ahead and pray and we'll get into the message. Let's do that. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you so much, Lord, for all that you've done. Lord, as we were reading in Sunday school, we ought to just serve you because of what you've done, because of who you are, because it's your goodness doesn't change, your mercy doesn't change. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Lord, we wouldn't be here today if it weren't for your mercy. Lord, you've been so good to us, even though we haven't been as good to you as we should have been. Lord God, thank you for mercy. Thank you for carrying us when we couldn't walk. Thank you, Lord. I, I just, I'm so grateful, Lord, to have this gospel to preach. I'm so thankful this morning to have this message to share. Lord God, I want people to be saved. I know the people in this room... Lord, if they all are, are given the right testimony, Lord, then they're all saved. But, Lord, I don't know that. You, only you know and only they know. But, Lord, there are people that are listening uh, on the Internet, Lord, that, that need to be saved. Lord, there are people everywhere that need to be saved. And, Lord, I'm a, I fear that there are people who, who, who've listened to, to preaching and, and, and Lord, they, they've made an intellectual choice, but they've, they've not really trusted and rested their soul on the blood of Jesus. And, Lord, for those, I pray they come under conviction and they get saved, that they don't miss out on heaven and don't spend eternity in hell. Father, I just pray this morning that you'll give me Holy Ghost power. I can't do this. It's only you can do it through me. So I put myself in your hands. I lay myself on the, on the mercy of the Holy Spirit of God to guide me this morning to speak through me and use me as an instrument in your hand. Father, I pray, Lord, for power. I pray, Lord, for the lives of those that, that are here the message today. Lord, I pray for power in them to receive it. Lord God, please do a work in us today. We'll give you glory. We'll be careful to praise your name for all it's done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Chapter 15, beginning verse 1. Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand. Now, I want to stop right there before we go any further. And I know we've, we've touched on this over and over and over, but I'm going to hammer it down tight this morning. Amen. The gospel. You see that right there in verse 1? I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. Now, what gospel is that? You say, well, the gospel is God. Well, 
I would dare say In verse 38, which if you went to a Pentecostal church this morning, they would present that to you as the gospel. Okay, let's turn over there and look at that real quick. I'm not going to belabor this long because I don't want to spend too much time here, but I want you to see what I'm talking about. Look at Acts 2.38 this morning with me. They'd say, well, there's the gospel right there in Acts 2 and 38. I didn't even intend on doing this. This is extra. It won't cost you nothing. All right. So Peter got up preached to them. He told them they crucified Jesus, all right? And then when they all heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said unto Peter and the rest of the men, uh, apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me ask you a question. We baptized Aubrey and Brianna and Blake just a couple weeks ago, right? Went long ago. Now, they had been saved. They got all three of them gave a profession of faith when they when they came talk to us. Okay? And then I baptized them. Do you remember, y'all remember them getting the Holy Ghost when they come up out of the water? I don't remember that, y'all. That, that ain't you say, well now why why would this be different? Okay, because this is dealing with Jews. Okay? Everybody under this sound of this preaching here in Acts chapter two and verse thirty eight were Jews who had to acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah before they could be saved. They had to acknowledge him as their Messiah so that they could acknowledge him as their Savior. Acts, I've told you before, I've told you all through the book of Acts, Acts is a transitional book from God dealing with the Jews to God dealing with the Gentiles. And he dealt with the Jews differently than he deals with the Gentiles. And when, when we're going out of here, the rapture takes place and we're gone, God will again deal with the Jews differently than he has dealt with us in this period of grace that we're now in. So when Paul says, more brother, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach, he's talking about his gospel, Paul's gospel. Paul is our apostle, amen? Now, unless you are a Jew and, and, and you're back in the, before the age of grace began, before the church age, I should say, before the church age, before God, before God took his hands off the Jews and began spreading the gospel through the apostle Paul to Gentiles, all right, if you're living in that point of time forward, then you're getting this gospel. Paul's gospel. Paul is our apostle. Romans 11, 13 in the King James Bible, Paul said, For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify my office. I make a big deal out of it. God called me to be the to be the apostle to the Gentile people. I'm not a Jew, and you're not a Jew. I know Richard's half Jewish, but but even so, even so, he's born in this age of grace. Amen. So it matters not. The Bible tells us over Galatians whether we be Jew or, or Greek, it doesn't matter anymore. But understand that Acts was a transition. So when he got over here to Paul in chapter 13, going to the to the Gentiles, God sent him out with this message, amen, all right? And he, and in Romans 2.16, if you want to flip over there quickly, Paul says that everyone in the world that's alive during this time, this period of church age, everyone alive during that time will be judged according to Paul's gospel. Listen to it. Romans 2.16, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. 
Now, Paul says, my gospel, because he wants to make sure it's not, it's, it's differentiated from what you see in Acts 2.38. He wants to make sure that you understand that you're, we're not talking about the baptism of God, which he was identifying himself with the Messiah. That's different. Amen. That's, again, that wasn't the that wasn't New Testament salvation. Amen. That was the Jews acknowledging Christ as the Messiah. And it had all acknowledged him that the kingdom of God would come. The second coming would happen right then, and there wouldn't have been this church. Okay? But because the Jews rejected Christ, then Christ. Because of Paul the Apostle. Okay? So he is our Apostle. So he told us, he's going to tell us then how this gospel came about. Galatians 1, 15 through 20. I know we've already gone through this, but we're here, so we're going to look at it again finally. Amen? In finality. All right? So he's going to tell us how he got this gospel that was he calls my gospel. Galatians 1, 15 through 20. The Bible said, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, he, I like that he acknowledges that God's involved in everything. Amen. Even his birth, even his natural birth, he said that was my natural birth, and he was also there when he called me by my grace, my second birth. Hallelujah. He's giving you both of them right there. And he said, what did he call me for? Verse 16, to reveal his son in me. Did you know, Christian, that he called you to reveal his son in you? That you are you are a, a filter by which he wants to push through the Lord Jesus Christ to the world. You are here so that God can reveal his son in you, just like he did in Paul. Amen. Not exactly the same, but it's the same message. He said, What? That I might preach him among the heathen. That's your job too, my friend. Your job is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. That's your job. Amen. That's my job. Amen. That I might preach him among the heathen. And he said immediately. I conferred not with flesh and blood. I didn't go down and talk to everybody else that had already been saved. He said, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. So he didn't go talk to all the ones that had walked with Jesus. But I went into Arabia. So if you're looking at the map of Israel, instead of going, instead of going to Jerusalem, he went to the left, I mean right, and he went out down into Arabia. He went plumb out of the country. He went, where did he go? He went down where Mount Sinai. What happened on Mount Sinai? God, God dealt with Moses, didn't he? All right. <clears throat> and Moses led God's people. And guess what Paul's doing here in the New Testament era? He's leading God's people. All right. So he went down there to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years. I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. So three years passed from the time that Paul was on the road to Damascus to the time that he went up to Jerusalem and talked to all of them there. And he talked to Peter. So, again, three years that he didn't confer with anybody about it. The Bible said the Lord Jesus. Amen. He, God revealed his son in him. Amen. And he said, but of other apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. So God called him and separated him and taught him these things. All right? So look, again, let's look at the first four, four verses here in chapter 15. 
First Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye are also saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, Paul has just given the gospel, okay? If somebody asks you, where is the gospel to be found in the Bible? From this point forward, I want you to be able to say 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Because if you want to know where the gospel is in the Bible, there's the gospel. Amen? There's five points to the gospel. And there's like no hypercalvinist tulip thing either. Amen? This is five points to this gospel right here. All right? Number one, we see Christ died. Okay? Christ died. I, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died. Okay? And the second point, for our sins. And the third point, he was buried. The fourth point, he rose again. And the fifth point, according to the scriptures. He says that twice. Okay? According to what scriptures? Well, we'll turn over and look at them. Isaiah, I didn't mark it, but I'll turn there. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6. The Bible said he died for our sins according to the Scriptures. All we like sheep have gone us. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. Amen. He died according to the scriptures. Proverbs, I'm sorry, Psalm chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Oh, my God, I cry in the day, uh, daytime, but thou hearest not. In the night season, I am not silent, but thou, art, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praise of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, they, and they were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, the reproach of men, and despised of, of the people. All they that see me laugh, and to scorn. they laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake their head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighteth in him. But thou art he that took, my, took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me. For trouble is near, there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round about. They, they gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water. 
All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, and it's melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And that has brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. He was there. He, he died according to the scripture. Amen. Jesus crossed every prophecy off in his death. Down to the very last word where he cried out, I thirst, just so the scripture could be fulfilled. Paul said in verse 1, moreover, brethren. Moreover, brethren. And the reason I bring that out, there's some people that claim that Paul was writing this to the Jews because he's given the plan of salvation. But let me ask you this. Why would he call these Jews brethren who were lost? Paul would never do that. I've looked through the scriptures, and every time he refers to them, he refers to them as my kinsmen according to the flesh. He refers to them as the nation, but he never refers to them as brethren. Amen? Because he would never call a lost Jew brother until he was a saved Jew. Amen? So the question stands to reason, then why is it right next to the Corinthian church? i got an answer for you. I think he's questioning whether or not these folks really got saved. The whole book has been him has been him chastising them for wicked behavior the whole way. So I believe he's to the point where he's like, I better give them the gospel, but I don't think these folks are really saved. I'm not even sure they are. So verses one through three of First Corinthians three. Listen, here's why. First Corinthians three one through three. And I read this last week, but I'm gonna read it again. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. That's your flesh. That is your flesh. I couldn't talk to you like a saved man. I I had to talk to you like a lost person. Or like somebody who just got saved and doesn't know anything. Even among the babes in Christ. That's somebody who just got saved the other day and don't know a thing. He said, I fed you with milk. That's baby food. And not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. If I try to give you something that is serious from God, you wouldn't know what to do with it, is what he's saying. And neither, neither yet now are you able. You haven't grown any. So again, understand why he questions. For you're yet carnal. You're still just like you were. You haven't grown. You haven't matured. I don't see any fruit on you. That's what Paul's saying. For where I, what I do see, Paul says, is among you envy. Y'all are jealous of one another. That's not how Christians are supposed to be. And there's strife, y'all are fighting with each other. And that's not how Christians are supposed to be. And there's divisions. Y'all are saying, well, I don't like them over there in that part of the church. I don't like them to sit back there in the back. Or I don't like them to sit up front because of this or that or the other. So you've got all these problems working in the church. He said, y'all walking from in. There's no difference between you and anybody else in the lost and dying world. So no wonder he's giving him the salvation uh, message again. Listen to what he says to him in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. He, asks, he says this to him. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. I think he's saying, again, are you really saved? Y'all need to check your salvation out. Like I said earlier, take your salvation out and look at it. You really got it? That's what I meant when I say that. We need to appreciate what God has done. We need to look and see what God's done in our life. And if we can't find that God's done, he's saving. We need to get saved. 
He said, prove yourselves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate? That means God's done fooling with you. He's brought us to the good of you all over the devil. It's the you need to play. You have your chance and it's done. So God would do that, you better believe he will. God is going to be the sand for every single day. If he gives you time at the time at the time at the time to get faith, if you promise that life, the Holy Spirit. That, you know what it really is? That's so everybody don't live their life until the last minute and have a deathbed repentance. Because you know how people are? That's how everybody tries to do it. Everybody wait the last minute. That's how, I, I, listen, I, that's how the church of Christ does. Some of them. I, I, I know because I, I'm, I'm thinking of Willie Pierce right now in my mind. My mom knows who I'm talking about. He was a man who ran a store, store in Falcon, Arkansas. And uh, he 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 was a he was a gambler and this that and the other. He got all kinds of he he was a free willing horse race going all the time kind of guy. He he he, he kind of partied for an old man. And uh, he, he was a member of the Church of Christ. Well, I say member. They they took him down and baptized him right before he died because they want to make sure he went to heaven. That don't work. Amen. Uh, they might as well have took him down and bought him a balloon. I mean, they done about the same amount of good. Amen. Might as well throw him a birthday party. I mean, anything. I can do anything for him. But nothing was going to save somebody who rejected God over and over and over and over and over and waited to the last moment to leave his life. That's essentially what somebody tries to do in that regard. No, Paul's saying, y'all better wake up and you better look at yourselves and make sure you're really saved. So, again, since he's not sure, he's giving them the gospel again. Notice what he says in our text, unless you have believed in vain. Now, we're going to touch on that here in just a minute. But I think that's why he's saying this. Because he's like it wasn't real. All right? Now, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye have received, and wherein you stand, and by which you're saved. Okay? Jesus gave, Jesus gave it, Paul received it, and Paul stood in it. Amen? Hey, I got it, I received it, and I stand in it. You got it, you received it, and you stand in it if you're saved today. Same goes for us. Paul's gospel is the gospel for the church age. You know, it's kind of interesting, though, during the during the tribulation period, there's going to be an angel preaching a different gospel. Did y'all know that? It's in your Bible. Revelation 14, 6 and 7. <laughs> it says, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth unto every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying, here's, here it is, with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. That's a little different than Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures and buried and rose again third day according to the scriptures. It's a little different. But this is going to take during the tri- place, place during the tribulation after the church has gone home to be with the Lord. But I think it's interesting, and I point this out for this reason. In Galatians 1.8, there's a verse says this, but though we are an angel from heaven, 
preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him accursed. Now let me tell you what that means. If we or an angel from heaven, anybody gives you any other message of salvation other than what we preach to you, they can go to hell. That's literally what that means. To be accursed means to be damned of God, destroyed. That means that means hell. So Paul is saying, anybody else preach? Anybody else preach another gospel? They burn in hell because that's all they're going to have. That's all the hope they'll ever have on any other gospel. So you know what that does? That puts the Mormon church in a real bad spot. And I'll tell you why. Most of you may not know the history on the Mormon church, but the Book of Mormon was produced in 1830. Okay? Sometime before that, Joseph Smith was out in a field, tinkering around, fooling around. I don't know what he was doing when he found the golden plate then that Daddy was playing, who was a and his mama was a fortune teller, and his dad was basically a, a corny man, a, a sideshow guy, a trickster, a huckster, whatever you want to call it. And they were out treasure hunting, and he claimed to have found these golden plates that had some kind of uh, unknown language on them. And, 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 and he's out in his field, and these angels appears to him, and they preach to him a gospel. So... According to the Bible, the Book of Mormon is accursed. And everybody who's following the Book of Mormon is accursed. That means everybody in that Mormon church is going to burn in hell if they're believing what that Mormon church teaches. That ought to grieve you. That ought to grieve you to know that I ain't going how many Mormons there are in this world, but every one of them who believe in that Mormon gospel are going to burn in hell. Every one of them. Every one of them at Jehovah's Witness outfit down the road, they're going to burn in hell believing what they believe. Everybody who believes any other gospel than what we have received of Paul preached is going to burn in hell. You leave Jesus out, you're going to burn in hell. You, you add something to Jesus, you're going to burn in hell. That's as simple as it goes. Hell is real and hell is there for those who reject the gospel. And their religion is a lie out of the pit of hell. And we ought not ever call Mormons Christians. We ought not ever call them brethren. Amen. I'm sorry if that hurts somebody's feelings. If you've got friends or you got uh, associates or you got somebody in your family that's associated with Mormons, it doesn't matter. What they preach is works, it is a religion based on would be true. But Paul says, I'm going to go back to the statement he makes. He said, unless you have believed in vain. Now, the word in, in vain, what does it mean? It, 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 it refers to self. When people are always looking in the mirror, what do we say? Well, they're vain. Well, we don't talk like that. That's, for some reason, that word has gone out of, gone out of fashion. But, but when you talk about somebody being vain, they want to look at themselves in the mirror all the time, right? Come on, ladies. I'll say amen or something. Or grunt or something. But, but it also means empty. It also means worthless. See, the gospel is all about what Jesus said. Amen. It's all about it, it, it's all about it, it's all about what Jesus did. Amen. Paul said, "We are saved unless we have believed in vain." Again, Christ Christ fulfilled everything, and that's why we have the gospel. Christ did everything exactly as it was to be done. 
Paul said we're saved unless we believe in vain. Okay? That may mean we believe in self. We believe in vain. Because that's what the word vain tends to mean. It means self. If you're trusting... To be, if you're trusting your ability to be good and not go back to the way you were before, if, you, if you're saying, I, I'm everything the way I was before, and, I, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good person now, and I'm going to be all right. No, listen, that won't do it. That won't do it. And you're, if you believe in maybe in your ability to do right from here on out, so I've turned over a new leaf. I, I'm, I'm a different person. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be good for now. No, you can't. You can't do that. Those are empty hopes. You'll never fulfill those. If you if you could do that, you didn't need Jesus to begin with. You wouldn't need a Savior if you could do it. I mean, what could you do about your sin you've already committed? There's no way you can go back. Nobody's got an eraser that can erase sin. Nobody can do it. God's going God's to see that. You can't hide it. Adam and Eve couldn't hide those. You can't hide yours. No, the gospel is about what Jesus did. Amen? It's about what he did. It's a done gospel. Amen? It's not a in-process gospel. It's a done gospel. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is finished. Finished. It may, nothing else got to be added to it. It's done. When Jesus died, it's done. It's finished. And the Father confirmed that. By having the Spirit of God raise Jesus from the dead. It's done and it's finished. And if any other church, preacher, or denomination tells you you've got to do anything other than trust and believe in what Jesus has done, is a curse and spread out of a devil's hell, and they ought to get out of there and go selling cards or something else. And get out of the pulpit and do it. Have an honest job. Don't dare stand behind a pulpit and tell somebody you got to do any part of it. You ain't got a roll in the floor. You ain't got a bark like a dog. You ain't got a certain set of words. All you've got to do is believe on what Jesus has done. Amen. 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 Don't trust in your church membership. There's people that do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a member of San Antonio Church. I've been a member of that church for a long time. You can be a member of every church. You can join every church in town. It, it ain't going to do a thing for you. Again, and so I've been baptized, like I've said before. You can get baptized so many times. Every step on the creek knows your social security number, backwards and forwards. And if you have a religious number two, which I ain't going to say, <clears throat> there ain't no magic words that save a person. So when I prayed, I prayed that prayer, preacher. You can pray.
Believing in vain can mean believing with your mind only. You know, for a lot of people, the distance between heaven and hell is about 16 inches from their head to their heart. So I know, I know all about Jesus God on the cross. I know this. I know it. I know it. I know he did. I know. I know you know your way into hell. Have you believed on what he has done? And did he, did he do it for you? Did he take your place? When he was hanging up, when he was dying there, when his blood was running down that cross, he was ripping off his toes. Was it for you? That's all that matters. Believing in vain. Believing with your mind only. Listen. Again, did you know that the devils believe? They do. The devils believe. They believe intellectually. They believe it. James 2, 19. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils tremble. Why? Because they know their faith. They know it's real. They know Jesus is the Son of God. They know that Jesus died on the cross. And they know that Jesus rose from the grave. Every devil in hell knows that Jesus rose from the grave. Every devil walking the earth knows that Jesus rose from the grave. But they don't trust it for their salvation. Jesus didn't die for the devils. He died for us. They can know it all day long, but it won't be a thing for them. But yet there are people today who won't believe it. Believing is what matters. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, you've got to believe it, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I believe it in my heart, so I speak it out in my mouth so you know what happened. And we see how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. You know, that's, that's one of the most important parts. How did he do that? You know, you can read that. A lot of people read that passage and they skip that very important word. And I tell you how it goes. It goes like this. For I delivered unto you that, first of all, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Now, if you quote it like that, you missed the most important word in there. And that word is how. That's a very important word. You missed that word how, you've missed it all. Because it's very important to know how. He did it by shedding his blood. If you skip that, you'd miss the most important part. And that word how, well, the devil likes to skip the take little words out. Amen? How he did it. It's important to know that he shed his blood. It's not enough to, to, to preach that Jesus died for sin. I mean, listen, you can say, do it all day long. He, he, Jesus died for sinners. Jesus died for sinners. But they need to know it was by the shedding of his blood. We must tell them how. It's got to be preached. That he shed his blood. Matthew 26, 28. Jesus said, For this is my blood in the New Testament, which is shed for the for many for the remission of sins. That needs to be preached. It needs to be told. Not just that he died for you, but that the blood is what was shed for you. It's not just his death. If they had strangled Jesus in a back room somewhere, our sins would not have been paid for. Yeah, listen to me. If they had put something over his head and suffocated him, he, 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 he had to die according to the scriptures with the shedding of his blood. 
That was a suture. It was on a wooden cross. The Lamb of God, the blood atonement, that picture was given every single time that people would carry those lambs into the temple on the Day of Atonement. Over and over, one stone was cut, the blood was poured out. Over and over, over and over. Thank you. 
one in heaven to the mercy seat of heaven. And we're only saved through that blood. Amen? That baptism ain't got nothing to do with it. That baptism gets you professing to the world. Prayer or not? Audible prayer or, or silent prayer from your heart? It don't make And the word is just like mine? I don't know. But did you trust Christ? That's all that matters. I remember hearing Oh, preacher, long probably, probably ain't no telling, back to the 70s sometime. His name was William Pennell. He was preaching in Georgia. And he, pre- he told a story about two, two different men who uh, made a profession in church. And on a Sunday night, he said there was two men come down the altar that night and got saved. He said, one, man, it was a shouting fiesta. I mean, he, oh, he just went all out. Just, I mean, and everybody was so excited because this fellow, he, boy, he just, he come up from our glory spell. The other fellow, he sat on the front pew and he said, I want to walk over to him and ask him, said, Mr. So-and-so, do you know you're a sinner? Yep. He said, he said, you realize your sin will send you to hell? Yep. He said, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood and paid the debt for your sin? Yep. Do you believe he rose from the grave the third day? You now trust in him as your savior? Yep. He said, I got up there kind of worried. He said, I wasn't sure a yepper could get saved. He said, but the proof of it is six weeks later he was dedicated faithful serving in the church and other guy was gone. Don't judge somebody based on an experience of emotion. You you look for fruit. That's all Paul's saying to them. Are y'all sure you got saved? I don't see any fruit on this tree. And I'm going to say to you this morning, are you saved? Is there any fruit on your tree? Are you saved? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? The eastern sky real soon. And then all the the chances are over. There's no second chances. There's no do-overs. When the Lord comes, if you're ready, you're going. If you don't, if you're not, then I'm your worst enemy. Hear me good. I'm not talking to you in here. I'm talking to everybody listening to me. If you, if you're not saved and you don't get saved today, I have become your worst enemy because I have shared with you the truth. And if you ignore the truth, then your soul's gonna be damned, and you'll never be able to stand before God and say, "I didn't know," because this preacher this morning told you the truth. And if you go to hell from here, it's on you. It ain't on me. My my hands are clean. My hands are clean. The Bible says that after that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, after he rose from the grave. And after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained unto this present, Paul said, and some are falling asleep. So most of the people had seen Jesus still alive at that point when he wrote that. Over 500 people. You talk about a conspiracy. Hey, you talk about conspiracy theory. Hey, they come up with one that they stole the body of Jesus. They told the conspiracy right off the bat. And people still the people still in Jerusalem believe that conspiracy to this day. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And Paul said, Last of all, he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. Well, it was 
years later, that Jesus appeared to him and told him everything he taught the disciples after his resurrection. He, you remember he met with them for like some 30, 40 days after the resurrection and shared with them all the things about the church, everything they were to do. And then he shared that with Paul. So again, last of all, he was saying to me also as one born out of due time, Paul said, for I am the least of the apostles. Paul said, remember Paul said, I'm magnifying my office, but I'm the least. I'm nothing. Don't look at me as something great because I'm not. He said, I'm not made to be called an apostle. I, say, I, really, I don't even feel like I should be. Why? Because I persecuted the church of God. He still carried that burden around, things he used to do. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Let me tell you, if you can't, if you, if, if you say, I'm saved, preacher, I didn't get a whole lot out of that message. Let me tell you something. Get something out of here. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I may not be, I, I may not be, I may not be what you think of. Everybody else in the world may not look at me and say, boy, you, you really something, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm not what I used to be. God has made me different. I am not what I was. Praise God. By his grace, I am what I am. And if you don't know me, that's okay. As long as he does, that's all that matters. Amen? Hallelujah. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Don't let it be in your life. Don't waste what God has given you. Get up and live. Quit laying down. Quit laying down and, and resting and waiting on Jesus to come. You have you have your faculties. You have your abilities. Use them for God. Don't waste time. Don't let people down and go to hell in your prison. Get the gospel out. He said, I am what I am, and his grace which is bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I. And he did. He, he, he worked harder and longer than they did. He said, yet not I. It wouldn't be. I'm not going to take the credit for it. It was the grace of God that was in me. And if I do anything in this life that's working, if I do anything that counts in eternity, my friends, it won't be me. It'll be him working in me. And if you have any reward, if there's any can, uh, crowns for you to lay at Jesus' feet, it won't be you. It'll be Jesus working in you. And I urge you this morning, while we've still got time left, while there's still grace, at the age of grace left on the clock, while we're waiting on this time to flip down, so where Jesus blow, he has them blow the horn, and we're all out of here, let's make use of it. Let the grace of God work in you. Let the grace of God be manifested in your life that others might see that Jesus saved, Jesus saved, Jesus saved. Therefore, whether it were our day, so we preach, and so you believe. Amen? And that's all, that's all God's asked us to do. God's not expecting us to do the saving. God's just asking us to preach it. Amen? You say, I'm not a preacher. It doesn't take a preacher. All it takes is somebody who knows the experience of salvation. Have you been saved? Are you trusting Christ now? Are you his child? Then you have everything in you to do what he's told you to do. Let's stop making excuses. And let's do what God's told us to do. Let's stand together. Let's get ready to have an invitation. We're going to sing number 151 this morning. We're going to go to the Lord in the Lord of Prayer and ask God to, to uh, bless this invitation. Piano, we're going to play number 151. We're going to go to the Lord. I think the right number. I'll find it. 161, I'm sorry. 161. Softly and tenderly, 161. Father in heaven, Lord, I pray in this invitation, Lord. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray.
Stephen, dismiss us in a word of prayer. 